This is Movies for the Blind, episode 173, To the Last Man, part two of two. The Colby's kill the Hayden and the Hayden's tell the loss. Hello and welcome to Movies for the Blind, where you can enjoy films without looking at a screen. I'm Valerie Hunter. We continue with To the Last Man. And last time I mentioned Shirley Temple, greatest child star ever, who you'll be hearing from very soon in this film. She'd be matched up two more times with star Randolph Scott in Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm and Susanna of the Mounties. It gives an idea of the range of movies Scott got to star in, including two musicals with Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, playing romantic rivals with friend Cary Grant in a couple comedies, starring in several war pictures and even a couple horror flicks. But he was best known for his westerns, so much so he got name-checked in Blazing Saddles. He earned acclaim for three decades of stoic work in westerns, from a bunch of Zane Grey movies like this one, to Sam Peckinpah's classic Ride the High Country in 1962, Scott's last film before retiring. In this film, the stoicism crown is worn by Scott's character's dad, Mark Hayden, who married into a deadly Kentucky feud but abandoned it after fighting in the Civil War. Instead of killing Jed Colby for killing his grandfather-in-law, he got Jed thrown in jail and took off to settle west. But 15 years later, Jed came after him, along with a pal from prison, Jim Daggs, and Jed's daughter, Ellen Colby, a wild girl who became attracted to Scott's character, Lynn, before learning who he was, but ran from him after. So let's see what happens to this Romeo and Juliet of the Prairies in the conclusion of To the Last Man. Later at the Hayden House. There was a farmer, had two sons, and these two sons were brothers. As Jeff plays and sings, Mark opens a box, and Lynn holds out a package for Anne's little girl. You gotta give me a kiss first. She kisses his cheek and gets her gift. Then Lynn searches a trunk. I did have one for you, Ted, but it looks like it's gone. He glances mischievously at a little boy. While Anne and Molly look at some fabric. As the children open their presents, Lynn steps over to his dad, who admires a box of pistols. I thought they were lost years ago. Where did you find them, Lynn? Up in the attic after Granny Spelvin died. I remember seeing you have them when I was a kid. My father gave them to me when I left the old country and came to America. I was 15 years old then. And now I have grandchildren. They gaze at little Tad finding a pair of boots. And little Mary, who stands with a doll. Look at Uncle Bill. Oh, can she talk? She ain't old enough yet. Did you bring you a present too? Sure did. Look at this. He holds up a pocket watch, and she stares at it. Isn't that pretty? Is he your Uncle Lynn too? No, he's my brother. Just like Daddy there is your brother. Uncle Bill! Tad runs up in his new boots. What a big kick to swim my new boots! He kicks Bill's shins. You kick me again and you'll get hurt. Uncle Lynn told me I could kick anything I wanted with him, and I wouldn't hurt him. Hey, Lynn, you better take these boots away from your nephew before he gets hurt. He pats Tad's bottom. Right there. Must have taken every dollar you had to buy all these presents, Lynn. I figured I might land a job when I got here. There's one been waiting for you a long time. Hope you're planning to settle down to it and get married. Lots of fine girls raised on the ranches out here. 
Lynn considers. I think I've got one all picked out, Dad. Patting Mark's shoulder. Lynn crosses the room to the women. What do you think of my big brother, Molly? This is very nice, Lynn. And I thank you. You're welcome. Molly gets up from the bench they're sitting on and steps away. I'm glad you're back in the family, Lynn. Cat holds another package. Uncle Lynn, who's this for? Anne gets up. Now you leave things alone that don't belong to you. She takes the package and gives it to Lynn, who drops it in the trunk, which he closes. Who's this for? Never mind. Anne, how long have the Colby's been out here? Why, about a year. How'd you know? I ran across Ellen Colby. Molly listens, and Bill stands. She's white trash. Runs around with anyone that'll go with her. How do you know? She's some wild. She's young yet. Standing, Mark puts the box away. Molly busies herself as Mark leaves the room. Colby bothering Dad? Stealing cattle, that's all. Why, last year... No. Well, might as well know it sometime. Things are heading for a showdown. Dad still trying to sidestep a feud? Yes, if he can. But Neil and I don't feel that way about it. Outside, a man with a shotgun steps out from behind a hay bale, watching Mary play with a pony. She tries to get the pony away from a table set for tea, slapping its behind and shoving it. When she does get it away, she sits at the table for tea with her new doll. The man aims his shotgun and blows the doll's head off. As Bill looks out a window, Lynn grabs his own gun and rushes out with Anne. Bill and Neil run after Lynn. The man rides off, evading Lynn's shot. Too far. Can't reach him with this gun. Let's go after him. The man meets another one. That ought to stir him up enough to suit Colby. Hayden will think I shot to kill that kid. <laughs> As they ride away, Mark meets his family. Dad, you can't hold back on the Cobras this way. And you might as well know it now. The rest of the family can't understand it either. We are not going to feud to oblige Colby. They just shot at your own grandchild, didn't they? How are you going to answer that? When the time comes, I'll deal with Colby as a cattle thief. They didn't mean to hit Mary. Colby had that shot fired so we'd all fall into a trap. And he could wipe us out in self-defense. I'll settle this my way. He goes back into the house, followed by Molly. Later, horses are herded into a corral. When they're all in, Bill jumps off his horse while Lynn closes the gate. What do you think of them, Lynn? Great. Well? Well, what? Take your pick. That's what I brought them in for. You're not the only Santa Claus around this ranch. <laughs> that white one over there. Just as I thought. White Cloud! The white horse walks out of the herd and right up to the gate. Bill pets the side of its head, and Lynn pets its neck. What'd you call him? White Cloud. That's what he looks like, running against the side of a hill. Lynn strokes and pats the horse again. I, I certainly appreciate him, Bill. You know, if it wasn't so near supper time, White Cloud and I would take a look at Dad's ranch. You better save that until morning, Lynn. It's an all-day ride. Oh. 
Later, by a barn, Lynn fits White Cloud with a saddle and bridle. Glancing around to be sure he's alone, he slips the package Tad had found into a saddle pouch. He turns and pauses, finding Molly standing in a barn doorway. Where are you riding, Lynn? Oh, just looking around. Smiling, she approaches. You're going all day, won't you? Tell him Kobe's all right. It ain't her fault she's got a killing father. How'd you know I was going there? I saw yesterday you was lonely for her. I can't forget her, Molly. You shouldn't. It's more important than anything the Haydens or the Kobe's could be fighting about. You... you won't be telling on me, will you? No. The last I saw of you, you was riding out. She looks to her right and points. That one. Pat in her shoulder. Lynn gets up onto White Cloud and rides off in the opposite direction. Later, Ellen stands on a rock overlooking the lake in a vast pine forest. She spots Lynn riding below her, looking around, then dismounting, hurrying off the rock away from his view. She sneaks into a nook between two boulders and hides. Lynn climbs up toward the rock, with a gun in one hand and the package in the other. He searches for her. Watched from hiding, he steps onto the rock and drops the package on it. Then he lays down the gun and sits, admiring the vista and still looking for Ellen. She lies on her stomach in the nook, peeking through a bush. Lynn picks up the package and considers what to do. Getting a charcoal stick from his pocket, he writes on the package. Ellen keeps watching. Lynn puts the charcoal back, glances around, then sets the package in front of him. Picking up his gun again as well as his hat, he stands, putting the hat back on, and steps down from the rock. He climbs back down toward White Cloud. Ellen climbs out of her hiding place and checks that he's far enough away. Then she steps onto the rock and watches him get back on White Cloud. He rides away. She looks down at the package where he's written, For Ellen Colby. Glancing back and forth from his direction to the package, she grows angry. She kicks the package and follows it off the rock. She keeps kicking the soft package along the ground and following it. Soon after, she's still kicking it when she reaches her camp. She pauses, looking at the smoldering campfire nearby. She kicks the package toward it, then into the embers. Stalking away, she sits and glares at it. Her face becomes anxious. Getting up, she rushes to the fire and picks the package out, patting any fire from it then stomping on it with short buckskin boots. Turning it over, she picks it up. At the Colby Ranch House. Uh, well, that's that. It struck me funny, Mark Hayden, chasing you out of Grass Valley. Uh, Dags corks a bottle of booze and sits. Well, I didn't see you laughing last night when they chased you off the ranch. Uh, we're going back tonight. 
Well, I figured something like that. Jed blows on a clamp. Well, I'll handle it myself this time. He drops out one of many bullets he's made. Later, at night, Colby, Dags, and a couple dozen men gallop over a hill toward a large herd. Reaching flat land, they get closer and fire into the air. They far outnumber any of the Hayden men there as they work to get the herd moving. One fallen man is trampled. The cattle charge away, guided by the rustlers. In the morning, a rider slumping in his saddle rides toward the Hayden barn and falls off his horse as Bill and Neil run to him. Bill helps the man sit up. Just before daybreak, they stole all your horses, Bill, and took all the cattle out of the south pasture. Get him up to the house. A couple cowboys lift the man up and carry him away. Lynn arrives and watches him go by, then rushes to Bill and Neil. Colby's? Yeah. Don't say anything to Dad. I'm going up in the Colby's neighborhood and try to locate that stock. You have every hand on the ranch ready when I come back. No matter what anybody says, we're all going after what belongs to us. Later, Ellen rides White Cloud, one of the horses stolen, out of the woods. Stopping the horse, she turns it and dismounts, then takes off its bridle. She pats his back and leaves it to graze, walking away. She sits on the ground and admires the white horse. She stands when Lynn rides up on another horse. He stops, looking at White Cloud. Then he looks around and finds Ellen looking back at him. Meanwhile, a Colby man climbs up through the rocks to Dags, setting up some boxes, wood, and fuses. You needn't say anything to Colby about us planting gunpowder up here. He doesn't want to handle the Haydens my way, huh? We'll drive out the rest of their stock tonight. That'll get every man of them coming after us up through this canyon. One little match. He touches a fuse. Wham! <laughs> ah. I hope Colby ain't in the canyon at the same time. They turn to another Colby man approaching. Hey, do you want to see something interesting? Come here. He leads Dags to the other side of the rocks and points down to where Lynn and Ellen walk together. Hurt, Dags puts a hand on a pistol in his holster. Below, Lynn lifts Ellen back onto White Cloud. Take care of a white cloud. Smiling, Ellen rides away and Lynn watches. Soon after, Dags and the two men ride down from the rocks. Stopping the others, Dags watches Lynn ride off. He directs the henchmen to each ride to a different corner of a clearing and hide, while he goes to a third corner. When Lynn approaches the clearing, the ambushers are on their feet with guns drawn, still hiding. A henchman fires, and Lynn disappears from the saddle. 
stags grins, and they all holster their weapons. But Lin's riding to the side of his horse. He shoots a henchman. When the other runs out, Lin jumps off the horse to tackle him. He slugs the man. But as he goes to hit again, Dags runs up behind him and hits Lin over the head with his gun. Falling back, Lin is hit again, but fights back and rolls in the dust with Dags. He throws Dags off him, and they stand. Dags knocks him down, but he gets back up and strikes back, bringing them both down. Lin springs back up. When Dags struggles to his feet, he's knocked out. Wiping his hands, Lin picks up his hat and returns to his horse. He climbs into the saddle and rides away. Later at the Colby house. Uh, I'm believing you when you tell me that Lynn Hayden shot Fred. Dag shit smoking. And that he give you and Joe the beating of your lives. But I'm not allowing you to say that Ellen's been making up to him. Taking the cigarette out of his mouth, Dags gets up and walks across the room to a trunk at the foot of a bed. He opens it and takes out a frilly dress. You get her this? Jed is slack-jawed. Dags picks a note from the dress and shows it to him. That your handwriting? Jed stares at it. Have every man settled up and meet me at the corrals. Well, get going. Dags saunters away. Jed turns to a window and spots Ellen riding up on White Cloud. Walking in, she hangs up the bridle, then stops, seeing the dress and the note in the open. Fearfully, she looks at her father. Have you been accepting favors from Lynn Hayden? I'm going to marry Lynn Hayden in that dress. Jed pulls a whip from his belt and steps toward Ellen who faces him defiantly. Later, a line of men rides slowly through the trees with guns drawn, including Jed and Dags. Meanwhile, Molly steps out of the Hayden barn. Jeff! Yeah? He's dumping grain. If you want fried chicken for supper, you better get your hatchet. Dropping the grain sack, he grabs the hatchet and meets Molly, who carries two chickens to a chopping block. They turn and spot the line approaching. They run, Jeff to the corral and Molly to Mary, who's taken off a small horse. She pulls Tad from his fishing and runs for the house. Tad runs for a dog, but Molly pulls him away toward the house. Jeff rides hard out of the corral. Jed signals for his men to stop, and they do. They all dismount and still holding their guns, they walk toward the Hayden Ranch. Later, they have taken over the barn and fire out from it. Dag swings the hatchet to chop a hole in the wall so he can shoot through it. In the house, Neil, Lynn, Mark, and Molly shoot back while Anne reloads and the children watch from a staircase. turns to Mark. Most of them are out in that barn. You've got to drive them out of there. Jed fires from around a door. In the house, Anne aims through a window. She fires, hitting another Colby man, who falls off a crate. Tad creeps down the stairs 
Away from the firing line, he opens a window shutter and stares out. Dax fires, and the boy's face crumples. The dog lies dead. Tad cries. He steps away from the window. He's just after the boys will be all right. Yeah. I hope Bill doesn't come ramming home ahead of the rest. Riding back. Where's Bill? I don't know. Molly has rejoined the men at the firing line. Outside, her husband Bill brings his horse to a stop and assesses the situation as gunfire erupts from the barn and the house. Drawing his pistol, he rides straight for it. In the barn, hey, pull me. Jed turns to one of his men, then walks over to where he looks out. At Bill galloping toward him. Young Jed aims as Bill rides closer, firing all the way. Jed fires, and Bill falls with his horse. The horse gets up, but Bill doesn't. Jed grins. Meanwhile, Tad runs through gunfire to the doghouse. He crouches as Jed and Dax watch him gather two puppies. Dax aims, but Jed makes a miss. I didn't know it was a kid. Lynn looks out and spots Tad running back with the puppies. Rushing to the door. He opens it and steps out to shepherd the boar back in. Jed and Dags fire at him, but they get back inside unharmed. Though a glass is smashed before the door is closed. Lynn bars it. Jeff and the Hayden men gallop closer. A Colby lookout runs into the barn. Hey, there's a gang riding there. Oh, out everybody. As they get closer, the Colby gang leaves Bill slumped in the saddle while they retreat out a back door. They hurry off inside of Jeff's gang. The family opens the house shutters and looks out at Jed, Dags, and their men riding away. Jeff's gang fires after them. Molly notices Bill on his horse out of the barn. Bill's just riding in. Taking the bar off the door, Molly steps out. Bill! She hurries toward him as the horse keeps walking. She walks alongside, looking up at Bill, who stares blankly down with ropes tied around him. When the horse passes her, she finds that his body is propped up by a branch along his back. Molly stares at her dead husband. Slowly, she walks past the horse, which stands still outside the house, and approaches the front door. She steps through it. Then she turns to Mark. Bill's outside. On his horse. Dead. Mark stares back at her. Well, you want me to bring him in while you're running tell the sheriff? Because it wouldn't be fair to accuse of Colby's that's in your new for certain. Maybe you want to look, make sure. All right. Go ahead. That's Bill. The same face. The same hand. The same eyes that have been looking at you ever since they first opened only. Only they're closed now. And they're never going to open anymore. Never. Molly, 
Stop it. Calm yourself. Oh, I'm calm. I'm just telling you to do your duty. It's your move, ain't it? The Colbys kill the Hayden and the Haydens tell the law. Ain't that the game? Ain't that the rules we've been living up to? Only you better hurry. Better send quick for help. Because maybe they'll start shooting the children. And the children ain't old enough. They, they wouldn't know enough to run. Well, are you still going to wait till we're all dead? Then go to the law like you did when he killed old man Spelvin? Are you still going to settle in your own way? This is your family. That's your son. Mark keeps facing her. Later, he takes down Grandpa's shotgun from a rack on a mantle. Then he heads for the door. He leaves the house. Later, he rides alone to Grass Valley. Two blacksmiths stop work as he passes them and rides toward the trading post. Jed is biting into an apple when Mark rides up. He draws as Mark raises the shotgun. Mark lowers it, then drops it and falls off the horse. Jed climbs steps to the trading post doorway. Dags comes out. Hey, I, I just plugged Mark Hayden. I, I'm figuring the rest of his outfit will be long here any minute. We'd better be moving. Yeah, we'll wait for him at the end of the road. Uh, they'll follow us. Jed hurries away. Come on, fellas, let's go. They follow Dags out and rush to the horses. With Jed and Dags leading, they ride off. Soon after, Lynn, Neil, and Jeff lead the Hayden gang into Grass Valley. A couple men tending to Mark's body back away when the riders approach, then stop. Lynn dismounts and bends down to his father, crumpled on the ground. He turns him slightly to look at his face. Then Lynn's own face begins to harden with anger again. Looking up at the two men, he slowly stands. While some distance away, Jed fires into the air, alerting those of Grass Valley. The Colby gang rides off, and the Hayden gang rides after them. Soon after, the Colby gang rides among boulders and trees. The Hayden gang is caught up within firing range. As they approach the canyon, one of the Colby gang is shot off his horse, while the rest of the gang veer off into the canyon. Jed and Dag start up through the rocks. The Hayden gang approaches the canyon and follows the rest of the Colby gang. Another man's horse falls, bringing him down with it. Up in the rocks, Dags and Jed stop and dismount. Dags leads Jed to where he set up the explosives, then bends down, pulls out a fuse from Hayden, and lights it. Jed hurries to the ridge and looks down, followed by Dags, watching all the riders gallop toward the canyon. The fuse burns down as the riders speed on. 
the chase reaches the canyon. Jed and Dags run behind a rock away from the ridge. As the explosives go off. In the canyon, the Hayden gang pauses and looks up at the landslide heading their way. Lynn orders his men to turn back as hundreds of rocks tumble over trees on their way down. The landslide hits the riders, with rocks and debris pounding down on them. Dags and Jed come out of hiding and look down at the destruction below. Grinning, Dags backs up behind Jed, who's still watching. Then Jed turns and faces him. Dags wraps his hands around Jed's neck and pushes him toward the edge of the ridge. Jed struggles, but weakens and rolls off. Dags fires after him. He puts his pistol back in his holster. Down below, Lynn sits up among the fallen rocks. A horse struggles to its feet. No one else moves from under the rocks. Lynn stares around, then up where the landslide started. Favoring his left arm, he pulls himself up with his right and staggers away. Later on the prairie, he staggers to a tree. He makes his way around it, but has to rest against it. In the Colby house, Ellen hurriedly tidies up alone. She pauses, wide-eyed, when she spots Lynn through the window as he approaches unsteadily. Rushing to the door, she opens it and steps out. She helps him walk into the house, then sit down. She holds his head up, finding his eyes closed, then lets him go to rush to a water bucket where she gets a ladle. She pauses again with eyes wide as Dags rides through the yard. When he dismounts, she drops the ladle and hurries to a window. Then a back doorway. She watches him throw his saddle on the corral fence. She closes the door and runs to Lynn. Lynn! Lynn, you've got to get up! Hurry! Lynn, you've got to get out of here! Lynn, come on! He's still very weak. So she looks up to an attic loft and the ladder that goes up to it. As Dags approaches the house, Ellen gets Lynn to the ladder and helps him climb up. Dags starts up some stairs as Lynn struggles through a hole and lies down on the locked floor. On the ladder, Ellen lifts his feet through the hole. She freezes as Dags enters the house and grins up at what he sees on the ladder. With Lynn hidden, she climbs down. When she turns to him, he takes off his hat. Then he looks her over as he takes off his gun belt. She wipes her brow casually. Dad with you? He grows somber as he approaches her. And she gets some water from the bucket. She drinks and sets down the cup. You'll have to depend on me from now on, Ellen. Your father and the rest of them got caught in a landslide up in the canyon. Lynn Hayden, too. You sure Lynn Hayden was killed? Yes. I don't believe you. She sits and looks down. Just you and me left. We're getting married. She stares up at him in surprise, and he stares back, hopefully. 
you ain't serious about that. Sure, sure. What'd you think? I didn't know you thought of me that way. I've changed some lately. She considers. Well, if you're proposing... Do I have to give my answer right away? Why not? In the loft, Lynn stirs and holds his pistol. The biggest ranch is in this state. What do you say? Rolling to the edge of the loft, he aims down at Dags. But he can't keep his head up and drops the gun on the table. With his hand on it, Dags looks up with Ellen at Lynn's hand hanging limply over the edge. Ellen tries to take the gun from Dags, but he shoves her away. When she tries again, a table tips over and he falls after it. She runs around it to reach for the gun, but he brings her down and they struggle for it. She bites his arm, making him drop the gun on the floor. So she squirms off him. As she grabs the gun, they stand, and she throws it at a window. When he runs to the ladder, she scrambles to pull him down and succeeds, but he swings around to get her to fall. As they keep struggling, Lynn pulls out a knife and holds it away from his chest. Ellen has her hands around Dag's neck to keep him from going up the ladder. Fighting hard, he gets to his feet, but she keeps hanging off him to keep him from climbing. Lynn glances over the edge at Ellen, who is able to pull Dag's off the ladder. Dag strikes her. Lynn rolls out of the loft and lands on Dag's with the knife. Later, a photographer submerges photo paper in developing fluid. An image starts to appear. Lynn smiling with Ellen in her wedding dress. The end. Described for Movies for the Blind. And that was To the Last Man. I've mentioned that this was the second version of this same gray story. There had been a silent film about ten years earlier. Though the names were a little different, in that one, Noah Beery, who played Jed in this one, played Coulter, the equivalent of Dags in that one. So we leave the West again and head across the Atlantic to England. To be exact, the top of BBC Broadcasting House, with a guy we've heard before on this show, Arthur Askey. Who are these people? Well, I have a card, but I'm big-hearted Arthur, and this is Stinker Murdoch. Yes. We came here for an audition, and they sent us up here and told us to stand by. Yes, and we've been standing by now for three months. Do you mean to say you've been living on this roof for three months? Well, we wanted to be on the spot, sir, and what a spot we're on. Get out! But what about our audition? If you're not done in half an hour, I'll send for the police. Who is me Piscatorio? Territorial. Albert Memorial. Isn't he a bully? bully? Come on, people. There you are. I told you there was plenty of room. Yes, but how are we going to try? Oh, don't be difficult, Dickie. It's simple enough. You sit on Aunt Jessie's drawers and stick your feet through the legs of the washstand. Well, here's a nice mess. All our stuff in the ditch. Never mind. We'll be able to find the petrol tin now. Here it is. Ooh, and what do you think? What? It's empty. Ooh, I suppose there aren't any cottages to let round here. Cottages? Yes, you know, with old oak beams you can bump your head on and everything you want outside. What, Ledroom Castle? You can't rest. That place is haunted. Uh, people never stay there. It's full of ghosts. That's funny. You mustn't be nervous. There's the a perfectly, perfectly natural explanation. That's The Bandwagon, next time on Movies for the Blind. For more information and links about the movies, about description, and how to subscribe, go to the blog, moviesfortheblind.com, where you can also find out about this podcast's Creative Commons license. And the movies are from the Internet Archive, so please support universal access to human knowledge by visiting and donating at archive.org. 
Thank you for downloading and for listening. Be back next week. Take care. Thank you.